Alrighty then, welcome back to this, the best Tuesday you've had all week, and it's time for the True Wealth Radio Show. I'm your host, Dave Littlejohn, in studio with me today, Matthew Dixon. And we are super stoked to be here. We've got a fun show. Yes. Uh, but I am going to start on a sober note today, mm. right? Um, I promise we will not uh, let this set the tone for the show, but I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that the financial industry lost one of its greats today mm-hmm. at the uh, ripe I, the age very ripe age of 99 years old. In like nearly. three quarters or yeah, something. Yeah. When yeah. Bert was a New Year's baby, but Charlie Munger passed today. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know who Charlie Munger is, that's okay. Charlie Munger was Warren Buffett's right-hand man yep. at Berkshire Hathaway. So... Uh, Warren Buffett being probably in the top five uh, for net worth as an individual on the planet, uh, perennially in the conversation, and is uh, often known as the Omaha or the Oracle of Omaha, rather. Right. Right. So uh, Charlie Munger has been. They worked uh, together for yeah, so many years. Decades, right? Since like, back in the 60s. Hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, always an interesting guy, too. Uh, very thoughtful. Just uh, knew a lot about a lot, right? Great mm-hmm. Renaissance man. Uh, so a loss of tremendous amount of wisdom and experience. And uh, just wanted to take a moment and acknowledge that and tip our hat and say, Charlie, thank you for the, the many wonderful lessons that you've provided over the decades. One of those being patience. Yes, right? absolutely. Like- Probably the biggest. It's a real takeaway we've had. I know it's been something I've been um, kind of pushing on the show a little bit. Uh, just a quick recommendation. Here's a quick read for any of you out there that are readers. If you're looking for an interesting book, Morgan Housel is the author. The The book, uh, there's another that he's just released, but uh, the, the book I finished was The Psychology of Money, mm-hmm. right? Great read, really interesting take. Uh, a lot of what it focuses on is how we, how people process, right? You know, how you think about money. Um, and then uh, some of it's around common mistakes or just common behaviors that end up being mistakes, right? Things that we think might be one way, but they not aren't necessarily illusions that we have of things like control or the future and so forth. So very interesting to unpack. Uh, I would encourage you to read it. I, I believe that it would make you a better investor. Yeah. Right? Uh, right. So much so that I've basically taken and I've said to my team, here, I'm getting you copies of this book. Go read it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Yeah, Charlie and, and Warren did not let fear rule their decision making throughout their investing and i know you've talked about this on prior shows they had a lot of market cycles right like Mm -hmm. if you live till you're 99 and you started investing at age 17 which he did um you've got a lot of market cycles to go right and um a lot of opportunity for compound interest Mm -hmm. and i think one of the the novel things that they did over their investing career is when stuff was really cheap, they bought it and they didn't panic when, when stuff was dropping and account values went down. Absolutely. No, they, they just fact, held quite the, the opposite. Some yeah. of the, some of my favorite quotes I've used on air many times, right? You should be fearful when others are mm-hmm. greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Um, markets are a great instrument of relocating money from the impatient or from, yeah, from the impatient to the patient. Right. Right. And, and those, uh, were often true. And of course, Charlie had 
behind the scenes with sort of a lot of credit for changing Warren Buffett's style. Warren used to call himself a cigar investor, the, the end of the cigar, meaning he liked to pick up companies that were sort of beat up and broken and were deep discounts. And right. Well, was, he was famous for buying companies that were in bankruptcy right. to just try and get the assets liquidated and then make money that way. Right. And the, the joke, he would say, is that you know if you pick up the cigar at the very end, you get a few puffs for free. Mm-hmm. Somebody else walked away. Right. And Charlie uh, really converted that, helped uh, to grow Berkshire Hathaway into a massive conglomerate that's a holding company. His mindset and, was a little bit different. And so just yeah. ch- and, and did really expand Warren Buffett. And, and I, I, Warren has been pretty good about crediting him, saying, you know, yeah. you know, much of my success is because of Charlie. Right. So very good partnership together. Well, um, that speaks volumes, though, right? Like the most successful people always have really successful people around them. Right. Yeah. Well, and somebody who uh, I was—I forget who was watching a YouTube video about this or something—had an opportunity to um, meet with Warren Buffett. Came in wanting to ask a whole bunch of questions and ended up answering a whole bunch of questions because that's all Warren would do is ask him questions. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting. You know, wealthy people are often that reminds curious. me of Ron Swanson always answer a question with another question. <laughs> <laughs> One of the all-time greatest characters in te- television. Definitely. I love Ron Swanson. Yes. Um, we all can learn a few lessons from Ron. Indeed. <laughs> anyway, Charlie, much respect. Thank you for uh, you know what you did for the industry. Uh, that being said, I mean, there's, like anything, there are, there's not everything's going to be perfect. right? There are mm-hmm. people that were on the other side of deals where they felt like they uh, did not come out ahead, and I'm sure that there are those that, uh, you know, you don't, as they say, you don't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. And mm-hmm. there is a scenario where, you know, after 99 laps around the sun and a great deal of service in the financial industry, um, you know, there are winners on trades and losers on trades. And so I am sure that there are people that don't think so highly of Charlie Munger. Uh, and I respect that as well. But um, today we tip our hat to him. Yeah. So, I, you know, and one of the things he might have said, um, not that he did say it, but one of the things I could hear him saying is, um, you know, a mistake might be investing in companies that make avocado toast because it's trendy. Um, the, <laughs> <You're> all, <laughs> I'm, I'm segueing into what we're this doing. Is the today. worst segue ever. We will work on this later. I almost need to apologize to our listeners. The only Go thing, on. the only thing <laughs> spreading faster than avocado toast is the decline in your portfolio. Oh, <laughs> talk about just uh, like I here, had to. I have. It, you know, as they say, if if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yep. Uh, so we'll just go ahead and I'll, we'll let you know this. The show is intended to be lighter hearted today. Yes. Right. Uh, you know, I was going to pivot around this idea of lots of fun wisdom that came out of the, <laughs> the Munger and Buffett camp and lots of clever quips. Yes. So, uh, there's let me one tell you how the show evolved out. a little bit <laughs> and then I'm going to let Matt like really run with this because, uh, we need, we need some laughs, right? Like. We do. It's the holiday season. We got to laugh off some calories. That's a funny dude. Just so everybody knows, like great sense of humor and comes in with uh, just it's um, almost sickening optimism at times. Yes. Like, hey, you know what? We're gonna we can take this thing to the moon. And I'm like, Matt, that's a boat. Like, (laughs) whatever. Row harder. (laughs) (laughs) And so anyway, uh, so we get to talking about how we're gonna put the show together today. 
mm-hmm. right? And I come back with the completely lame, <laughs> well, how about like a 12 days of Christmas theme where we talk about like 12 mistakes investors make? And he's like, yeah, we kind of did that last week. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and we- then it was, well, what about like some year-end tips for investors <laughs> that um, – <laughs> You know, everybody's like, you've done that show before. And like, is this a time? And I'm like, no, I have done that show before. You're right. Oh. Mm-hmm. So finally, it was me going to chat GPT and going, what is a trending financial topic right now? It comes back with a few acronyms, right? Mm-hmm. Here's what really started this is this whole, like, it came up with. Like FOMO, the fear so of missing out. That was one of there's them. There's FOMO. There's mm-hmm. YOLO, right? Mm-hmm. There's BTFD. <laughs> which might stand for something in the financial yeah, yeah. industry. Which that. does. Uh, and so there were several, right? So like FOMO, fear of missing out. YOLO, yeah. you only live once. BTFD, right? Buy the flipping dip. Mm-hmm. Except the metaphors are stronger. Yeah, and, and I guess you car- that, that. Hey, you're carrying with the Charlie Munger mentality. Buy the dip. Buy the dip, mm-hmm. right? And HODL, H-O-D-L. That's well, what was that, that one again? So that came out of like, it started with GameStop, right? There were a few funny ones like uh, like Diamond Hands, same thing. Uh, it was somebody misspelled hold, right? You know, holding down the shift key, trying to mm-hmm. type out the word hold in all caps. Yeah. And it was H-O-D-L, HODL. Oh. And it stuck and it, because part of the the joke in that in the group, the Reddit board, that was everybody was making fun of each other for how dumb this was. Right. Right? And, and so just... it became just a bunch of apes. And it, like so there was all this... All this to get to, finally, I forget what it was, but it, I think we joked and said, you should ask ChatGPT, what's, finan- what's, fun- what's financial advice that sounds funny but actually works? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we tried to get ChatGPT yeah. to create a sense of and humor for us. And it tried, and then we said, maybe we should help it out. <laughs> but its version was this avocado toast comment that yep. Matt made. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like straight out of the, the direct thing of like, uh, where was it? What did it actually say? Like, yeah. There's an actual specific. Yeah. So chasing performance. What is the mistake in chasing performance? And it compared it to investing in companies that make avocado toast because it's trendy. <laughs> and the impact of that being, <laughs> and I love that that joke at the end, yeah. the only thing spreading faster than avocado toast is the decline in your portfolio. Yeah. yeah. Like, good one, Chad GPT. You made me laugh. Yes. I have to bring this to the air. And, how and how did the feel- programmers do that? I just want to know how did you how did you program a system to be able to identify humor and language and then be able to to produce yeah. stuff? That's wild. I'm just gonna go with the that's one of those open ended questions. He's not really wanting. No, the I don't He's want the answer. Saying, I'm just I'm like, like, don't answer that, Dave. Yeah, just, no, how do they do it? Mull uh, on that one for a minute. Because <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, it's a language learning model, and it's <laughs> shut off, Dave. Yeah, like, continue on with the jokes. <laughs> yeah, like this show's supposed to be funny. It's like, all right, Matt, you need to lead more. <laughs> I'm over here like, you know, Poindexter nerd guy, and he's like, dude, be funny. Like, I I, I don't think I can be funny. You can. (laughs) You're prepared for this moment. You've been training all your life, David. This is your moment. (laughs) Okay. So, anyway, we've got a list of things, and it's kind of fun because here it is the end of the year. So, what we're going to do is try to give you all nuggets of advice said in funny enough ways that you may actually remember them. Yes. Right? Said well, in clever I'm... enough ways that you may go like, aha. Yeah. Right? So just like good old well, you know, Uncle Warren and his 
be fearful when people are greedy and greedy when people are fearful. You know, David, it is the season to invest like a squirrel. All right. Be like a squirrel. No, no, <laughs> just take the break. Dale, just I'm going to break him. Just I'm going to break right David now. by the Go end of the commercial. show. I've yep. got way too many of these. All right. <laughs> when we come back, we're just going to let Matt load him in the chamber and start pulling the trigger. Stick around. <laughs> this is Dave Littlejohn. <laughs> and Matt Dixon. And you got Shrew out on News Radio 92.9 FM and 1240 KQEN. <laughs> Matt, just keep it together. No, we're I live can't. again. We're I live. can't. <laughs> Okay. All right. Welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show, where if you're just joining us, you're going to get, all right, the first segment, honestly, uh, the, the, the moral of the story is avocado toast, too trendy, don't invest that way. And if you're wondering how we got there, grab the podcast. Yep, do it. Right? Go to littlejohnfs.com. In fact, go to littlejohnfs.com and just explore the space. Right, like really look around, learn <laughs> all about it. You'll end up in a black hole. There's just so much content there you might not ever yeah. get out. Well, if you get into the um, former podcast section, you can go back in time. How many years forever. of radio show? How many hours? Seven or eight years, and uh, we're probably doing about forty-eight shows a year, forty-eight, forty-nine, because there's usually a holiday or two. So there's well over three hundred shows. Yeah, yeah, I three hundred hours. Three hundred hours plus of content. Yeah. Well, and, and then that's not even counting the YouTube videos that you created, the educational YouTube videos. Yeah, this is this is like a poll the audience event. I don't want you to so you can you can either text or you can email. So if you want to email, go to info at littlejohnfs.com. If you want to text, the number is the office line. So go to five four one three seven five zero eight nine eight, right? Which you could also call. But if you text, I want to know what kind of content do you guys want to learn more about because we have this ongoing debate about what to do with YouTube, right? We are now recording this radio show mm-hmm. and it gets turned into YouTube videos, but what else should it be, right? So that's the question is what other, what other stuff should we be focusing on? So if you are just like, I got to know, then let, it, let us know what you want to know. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I promised, I can't, well, you I can't cut me this. off. I can't believe I'm going to do this. Matt, yeah, you have three pages of shenanigans in front of you here. Yeah, uh, but I can't lay which... I can't lay it on too hot and heavy because the listeners just couldn't take that. They'd laugh so hard they'd end up in a ditch or something. I don't know. It's dangerous. It's a well, liability. Yes, and if they're not driving and that happened, oh my gosh! <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, we were wow. so funny. You just like, I was in my living room and all of a sudden I'm in a ditch. Like that was funny. <laughs> okay. Well, that's the objective for today. All right. Um, so we got stock. We have investor advice or investor mistakes, but I think it's still advice. Like, don't make this mistake or do this thing. Or do this thing. Set in what we hope is a me- – I'm not going to claim it's going to be funny. It's going to be memorable and unorthodox. Yeah. It. Well, I think what we're really shooting for here is to – Make something so ridiculous that when you hear it, it sticks with you. Okay. Right? So you have a famous quote, and I, I was do. out. Yeah, I was out with a walk um, with my wife the other night. And if there's one thing you need to know, okay, backdrop athlete, right? C- played college sports, done the whole thing. You're You'd talking think, about Matt. Yeah, I'm talking about myself. You would think I loved exercise. I do not. I really hate working out, and I just exercise if there's no like fun in it hate it right and we're walking hills trying to get in shape and we're going up this super steep hill and it's like nine o'clock at night and i'm like what are we doing out here it's 36 degrees i'm freezing cold we're walking hills and one of your quotes stuck with me oh boy and 
it was no matter how far you have traveled down the wrong path, turn around. Yeah, that's not mine. That was Winston Churchill. He well, said, no okay. Matter you, how far down the wrong path do you go? Turn back. Yeah. So, well, you say it all the time. So I'm just, <clears throat> you've officially, you know, stolen that from Winston Churchill. Yes. And so that was one of those great quotes where, as we're walking up the hill and it's cold, I turn to my wife and I say that, and she's like, "That is so great, you know." But we're going to continue down this wrong yeah, path. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That'd be great if it was wrong, right? But we're, this is happening. But one that, or the other. that's what we're trying to do with some of these quotes. Is you know, we deliver this show to you guys often in a way that is like really serious and sometimes big words. We're we're stopping that for today for a moment, a brief window of time, and we're going to throw some stuff at you well, that hopefully you just remember. All right. I, I have a suggestion. Sure. Okay. First, give the chunk of advice. Okay. Then before we give the punchline, we'll give a little exposition about what the advice means. Then we're going to give it to you in non-financial terms eh. so that you can latch on. We'll, we'll see, see how, how this goes. goes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not making any guarantees. For Maybe this. you give, give the bad advice first and then we'll unpack it. Before we were cutting to the break, I was about to give the seasonal one. We're in the Is middle of the... like... Fall rolling into winter. Okay. It's the holiday season. You know I mean, I can set this one up. I've got buckets of walnuts at my property right now. Buckets, mm. right? Because there's a black walnut tree and it falls everywhere. And okay. if you drive over them, it sounds like explosions. Mm-hmm. And so- <laughs> You've been sweeping I, up walnuts? Well, I, you know, I, I bribe my kids to go out and pick them up, right? But we've got probably seven, eight buckets of black walnuts right now. Wow. Like five gallon buckets of these things. And- one of the things that happens is that becomes the greatest resource ever for all of the ground squirrels in the area. They will actually climb into the buckets and pull them out and run off with them. But we find the the, the husks to the shells around in the yard. In the bucket? Oh, Not in the bucket. They carry it off, and then they husk the thing, and I don't know where they whisk it away to. Oh, wow. Right? Like, so- Whatever the squirrels do. It's a block party at your house. Oh, my gosh. They're the stoked that we did the hard work. So now yeah. they're just like, oh, well, go back to the cash. You're the squirrel lord. <laughs> Evidently. <laughs> Evidently. So you um, just said that on live air and recorded it, too. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Getting so, you a T-shirt. <laughs> squirrel lord. So here is, So what's the punchline, Matt? Invest like a squirrel. Of course. Yes. <laughs> um. Be like a squirrel, stash away a few nuts today, and you'll have a comfy nest egg tomorrow. No acorns, no retirement party. How about black walnuts? If the squirrels love them, they count. <laughs> right? There you go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. That's pretty simple. What's, what's the, Another way to say that would be, hey, just keep saving a little bit at a time, and it'll build up over time. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to get it all at once either, right? Like That's a squirrel it. goes out, they can only carry one or two at a time. Right. And yet they are consistent, and by the end of the winter and fall season, they have an entire tree full of acorns and black walnuts. Yeah, and they get fat. Yes. <laughs> so the way to lots of wealth and <laughs> No, no. Slowly. What's but... some other advice, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, let's see here. Um, how about expect volatility as an investor? So the stock market's kind of like a teenager on a sugar rush. It's all over the place. Brace yourself for the ups and downs. It's not a bug. It's a feature. 
who you know what is awesome about that that last line seems like a throwaway but it's totally not a throwaway it's not a bug it's a feature yeah right? it, describe why well so people look at volatility so often and it's like oh i hate oh, they the hate ups it. and downs of the market right? right but the opportunities come in the volatility Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's where the like that's where the whole come on buy the dip, right? Well, yeah. dips happen because of volatility. Volatility goes ah, up and down. It's not a bug; it's a feature. It's a feature, right? And so uh, now volatility well, is really closely linked to time horizon because if you've got a long time before you're going to be tapping your nest egg, the volatility doesn't hurt you in the short term, right? You can ride through it because you don't need to tap the investments. The, but this is also why you need like emergency funds and other ways so that you don't have to tap your investments during a dip right right you want to accumulate during the dips not distribute during the dips mm -hmm. right so volatility is a feature in the accumulation phase of investing okay true so that's the thing right it's like while you're like and teenagers right there's they're growing they're you know they're learning okay that's the accumulation of knowledge phase and also the accumulation of pain in the rear and apparently accumulation of sleeping in so all of that comes with teenage phase right stock market though that's kind of the volatility story right well this is the way i kind of interpreted this one and what stuck with me so the stock market is like a teenager on a sugar rush i envision that kid just running through the house like bashing his head on the door three times like why did you do that there's no explanation for it right and a lot of the time I have daughters I, there is no explanation does yeah. that happen does like a teenage boy just hit his head on the wall somewhere yeah way too much sugar just go knock his head on the door a few times just because he's on a sugar rush uh, wow okay. so yeah so new information to me yes. just saying but there's no rhyme or reason for it and so when people call or people ask well why is this stock down eight percent today or over the course of a week sometimes there is no explanation why did the yeah. teenager bash their head on the door three times oh, no, there, there's there's all this is the best part right there's always an explanation well we there just is. have no idea if it's true or not or right? what it is what is the explanation well, sometimes we don't because know Oh, well, news came out and the market changed. Is that really the explanation? All we know is there's fewer buyers than sellers or there's fewer sellers than buyers and right. the price changed because it's only a snapshot of the last trade, mm -hmm. right? That's what we get is the snapshot of the last trade. And then we make all of our assumptions on that. So that's like, you know, markets are like, expect volatility and expect just like a teenager when you say, why did you do that dumb thing? Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Right? Markets are kind of like that. They, they yep. fake it like, oh, well, there's this reason, right? In fact, we have entire news channels dedicated to explaining why. To explain teenage behavior. Well, the yeah. thing is, like, if you get this explanation, well, this, 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 does it make it true? It's like, maybe. Does it matter? Because mm -hmm. what if it was some other set of data that fits that circumstance? Right. It may have made it true for one of the buyers or sellers, or for what one. What all the others? Yeah. Or for one little tiny moment in history. Exactly. So you're just getting the snapshot in time. And and the, the funny part is we're not all playing the same game. So back to it's a feature. Volatility is a feature. If you can learn how to utilize this feature, it can make you more successful. Kind of like just, you know, you got to know how to wield the force. <laughs> is that a segue into another joke? You bet it is. It is. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh! I set you up there, David. Do it. I got, no, you're uh -huh. on your own. I don't know what you're segueing to. Well, <laughs> yeah, wielding I the force. Yes, uh, yo. Do you want to take this one? I'm trying to help you out here. No, no, no. Oh, okay. uh, we're Matt's getting so much credit today. Do yeah, it. credit cards. It's like your financial lightsaber. Ooh, 
Do you want me to continue? You ready for the joke? Okay. So credit cards are kind of like a lightsaber. Use them wisely, and you're going to conquer your financial galaxy. But if you swing them recklessly, you might end up in a debt-filled galaxy far, far away. Yeah. And you know what they never show Jedi's doing? What? Cutting themselves with a lightsaber. I always was waiting for that moment. If I'm being <laughs> like, completely honest, like I'm like... Swinging this sword around and it's like, what if you make a mistake? Oh, Oh, there goes your toes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I have another saying. It's kind of like that. Lightsabers would work the same way, though. But like credit cards are like guns, mm-hmm. right? The problems with the operator. Okay. Yeah. Credit. Here's the, here's my new one, right? Because I'm in Douglas County, right? Credit cards are not like guns in another way. You know how? How? Because guns are one of our rights. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Like, you don't have a right to a credit card. But this comes back to if you can't be trusted with a credit card, don't get a credit card. Know thyself. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, I'll spend the money before I have it, and maybe I can't pay it back. Cut it don't up. Don't do it. Cut it up. Right. That's the thing, right? We j- no, no, but yeah, the the difference between credit cards and guns right now though is like in, in America, in theory, like like we're, there's a real debate oh. over whether or not you need to qualify to get the gun, but it seems like you don't need to qualify for a credit card these no. days. No, and what's scary is that we're at all time record debt levels with these credit cards. Oh yeah, yeah. Like we just keep adding another card and compiling the debt and i'm like at yeah. what point do we see mass amounts of bankruptcy yeah. just no, i'll throw sw- rocks at credit cards I, I don't actually throw rocks at like, i throw rocks at behavior but okay. not people right? but, Let me explain but you that, will right? throw rocks at the credit card companies i'm not gonna no. throw a rock at the okay. credit card company the where are we throwing co- rocks then give no. me a rock let's throw at the behavior right ah, if you perfect you can be a perfectly great human being, but if you go out and make dumb decisions and try to blame somebody else for the decision you're in control of, the rock's coming at your decision, right? Mm-hmm. Like It doesn't mean you're not a good person, but it means you made bad decisions and you get to own those consequences, right? I don't like this world where people are like, well, you know, somebody gave me a credit card, so I had to use it. And now I can't pay it back. It's their fault for giving me a credit card. Bull pucky. Mm-hmm. No. Right. You, you know, as my daughter has a great shirt, right? Says, hey, you made this road. That's your own asphalt. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> you know, I'm just telling you. It's, we we got to stop trying to pass the blame on our own decisions. Right? We sure do. And there, there, there's a subject for another day. Today's the fun show, not the let's throw rocks at our culture show. Well, I want some more fun then. Okay. Well, let's have some more fun. And, um... Let's see. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, all right. A dumb one before we go to break. The dumb yeah. one is don't make emotional decisions around your investing. Here's the here's what. Thank you, ChatGPT, for this one. Mistake. Letting your pet parrot make stock picks based on colorful charts and the impact. Polly wants a market correction. <laughs> all right. So with that, we'll take a break. We'll come back. And we will share probably more dumb financial advice. I like it. Or at least good advice phrased dumb. <laughs> Stick around. We'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. You got True Wealth. On News Radio 939 FM and 1240 KQEN. On News Radio 939 FM and 1240 KQEN. Hey, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show where Matt and I are off. We're having fun, David. Quality financial advice. Wrapped in a ridiculous wrapper. Um, yeah. 
that's I don't know what else to call it, but uh, we are going through terms today that you know a lot of this advice. It's decent. It's well, and and there's some real themes to this. That I'm already seeing show up. Uh, you know, a lot of the advice that you, you get generically is around be patient. It is around do you know be consistent over time. A little bit over a long time builds up, mm-hmm. and um, and then it's about you know the mistake avoidance, right? And so uh, some of the mistake avoidance. Uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit about that for a moment. So one of the things that I think happens, we can we can really get into the explainerama of this, but don't need to, uh, is lack of long term planning. Like if you don't have a plan, right? Now here's another way: if 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 you fail to plan, plan to fail. Ooh, okay. Have you ever heard it that way? If you fail to plan, plan to fail. What what happens here? If you're investing with the same level of planning as deciding what you're going to have for dinner, mm-hmm. then you can expect to be deciding between pizza and ice cream for every meal, right? I mean, the the issue is that, and I we I've said this for years on this radio show, right? That people will spend more time planning their next meal than they will their retirement. Yeah. Okay. And it's really actually true. It's quite true. It's quite true because the retirement is far enough away that that's future self's problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Latch onto that for a sec. We're going to talk to future self in a minute. Ooh. Okay. We're going to talk to Spooky. future self. But, you know, today's self is like, I got to deal with dinner. Future self can deal with retirement. And future self never gets around to it. Mm-hmm. And then it sneaks up and becomes a problem because time is such an ally and you're losing time by not engaging with future self, right? So anyway, the whole, if you fail to plan, plan to fail, why is the plan so important, Matt? Because if um, if you don't have a long-term plan, you're gonna be making some some mistakes. Yeah, the deci- well, when you've got a long-term plan, then you also are less swayed by the short-term stuff bingo right like and and this is an issue you get suckered into short-term here's another way if you don't stand for something you'll fall for anything Mm -hmm. and the problem is fomo is so real right yes so um here's a real mistake matt Mm -hmm. like what's a fomo mistake that we see out there i don't know what do you what do you got for me people that change their investment strategy and they start over trading their accounts it's true right shuffling around moving from thing to thing like in your 401k switching too often buying and selling stocks more often than you upgrade your smartphone exactly yeah exactly over trading is a very real thing i think it's an outpouring of failing to plan right right or not having conviction in why that's another mm-hmm. thing. Like, if you don't understand why, you might be you might expect to cry, right? Like, there's there's a dumb financial one that's not on our list, by the way. Know your why or be prepared to cry because mm-hmm. you can be easily talked out of something that's a good idea, mm-hmm. or you can be talked into something that's a bad idea. Yeah. So you need the long term plan. So that's one of them. The other one, you need to maybe do a little bit of research. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, so investing on stock symbols that sound cool, I don't know oh. that that's investing. The, there's a very real thing that happens. Do you remember when Zoom came out? There was yeah. a different symbol for Zoom. Wasn't it? Yeah. There was Z-O-O-M, yep. and then the ticker symbol for the the uh, like the like video conferencing software mm-hmm. was like ZM. That, and a yeah, bunch of people okay. went out and bought the wrong ticker symbol because they didn't do their homework. Yeah. Well, 
we saw it with GameStop too. GameStop mm-hmm. got popular. AMC got popular. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? Uh, Bed Bath and Beyond. That was another one where it's like we're gonna invest in that because it sounds cool, right? And it was the trendy thing to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. maybe do some research. Uh, because what if you just now bought a company that manufactures invisible ink? <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. your impact right yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, it's happened. No, it's totally happened. Oh, yeah. It's totally happened. We joke about it, but it's it's real. We see it all the time. Yeah. Here's the other thing in the research. This is not on our list, but it's beware of data fitting, mm-hmm. right? You know, data fitting, it's not just the size of right. your jeans. Because, like, <laughs> what if you are in, like, a really niche area, and you're like, this is so cool to me, and there's this really small startup company that went public, and because I love it, it's going to go to the moon. It's yeah. like, how many people share your interest? Yeah, well, here's a... Is, this was a real thing, right? I keep mixing in real stories. Matt's trying to be funny. I keep trying to throw real stories out. Yeah. Um, the Grinch buddy over of mine here. Who has actually asked me before to help him with what he calls negative due diligence, right? Do explain. Well, it's because he's an idea guy. And so new ideas are exciting. And it's easy to want to, like, and, and with a new idea. And he want, like he wants to throw money at Well, these... if you're an idea person, you get this new idea that you hear about, and you start doing research, and then you start confirming what you want to believe, mm-hmm. right? You start to say, this is going to be the next big thing. It's the next, you know, Microsoft or Tesla or whatever. And so people can really rally themselves to it. And in the process, they mm-hmm. start to ignore the danger signs. I did that once, actually. I forget the name of the company, but I was reading this article, and the article was titled The Next Elon Musk. And I forget who it was, but he came up with this hydrogen generator that they were going to bolt onto any semi-truck manufacturer. Right. And I forget the name of the company, but a lot of people really bought in on this stock, and they're like, this is the next, but they didn't have any sales, right? Like, overlooking the actual, like, logistics Mm -hmm. of the company, right? And this was, you know, many, many years ago that this happened. But nonetheless, it's relevant because we can all get trapped in that that yeah. excitement, right? Where it's like, and you start researching it. Oh, yeah, it's got to be the next big thing. It's got to be the next big yeah. thing. Does the so, company have sales? Like, are they a profitable company? Maybe that's not, you know, the only determining factor. But sure, you got to look sure. at a lot of different things yeah. before you make a decision. All the things we've just been teasing about. Do yeah. research, have a plan, yeah. and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. But it's the negative due diligence said another way, what could go wrong? Yeah. Right? Like, really ask that question. Hey, all the things that could go right are exciting, but what about all the things that well, could go wrong? And you can have a great product. That doesn't mean you have a great business. Yeah. How many times have we seen like an amazing product never catch on yeah. and it just dies along the wayside? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's real. And uh, the, the reality is that m- most businesses I mean, fail. Think you about know, a lot of them are small businesses. And, you know, that's it's not some of the statistics are not real f- great right. about that because a lot of businesses were never built to be successful. I mean, and so then they wash out. Look at I mean, think about <clears throat> theoretically the probability that elon musk and tesla actually make it right like Mm -hmm. the the space was controlled by ford general motors toyota all these other huge manufacturers Mm -hmm. for him to actually make it you know how many things had to go right statistically what the odds are that he was gonna grow that company to what it is today i mean look at all the other companies that are so not doing it elon musk is legitimately brilliant like in terms of iq very intelligent right right but he also 
had to be in the right place at the right time with access to capital and a bunch of other things had to go right mm -hmm. to create that. And then he doubled down again and again and again. Now, make no mistake, he worked hard, right? right. He slept in the factory and put in massive hours and he did things that no normal person would do for that success, okay? Right. So there are parts that are amazing. And then there are parts that- Are luck. Know, there are they're not right because that's what comes with success is that there's you know there were people on both sides of it the people that benefited and people that didn't mm -hmm. so he's got his the people that love him and the people that hate him right okay? well still the number of things that had to go in in order for that to grow staggering like and it did he ran the gauntlet so far the reality though is and it's hard for people to believe this but right he could still finish completely bankrupt and penniless he could Right. He could lose it all. He could lose it all. I so, mean, we've seen that before. Yeah. Uh, Pet, Pets.com. <laughs> he's pulling, <laughs> pulling that out. You That's, know, uh, I'm like the master of the segue today. He's he's follow. So we have this list of funny things. And um, where was Pets.com on there even? I don't even remember where it made it to on this yeah, list. I don't think but it, it made was... it onto this list. It was one of them that talked about doing research and not following the trend, the trendy thing. The trend, because remember, that was a big trend, yeah, right? Like, and you know, all we had to say was pets.com. It's like, if you don't, yeah, if you don't remember, it was like 1999, the mm -hmm. new economy, there were a bunch of internet startups that weren't making any money, but people were throwing money at them because in the new economy, you didn't need sales, you needed subscribers, mm. right? And the people that really kind of got the big picture figured out, well, the people that in the arms race of eyeballs, you get a ton of eyeballs first, and then you start to figure out products you can offer to them. That's the value. But a bunch of companies that were formed, they didn't really get eyeballs, right? Mm -hmm. They just got money from investors that thought they would get eyeballs, and it was poorly executed, and they ended up dying. Yeah. Right? And Pets.com was one of them. Infamous because they literally had a Super Bowl ad with like a sock puppet. <laughs> this was probably about the time that Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger were probably buying a railroad company or something. Yeah. They were, where so they everyone's were being like, mocked. In 98 yeah. and 9, I remember when, when people said, has Warren Buffett lost his touch? It was 98. He was up in the low 20s and the NASDAQ was up like 40-something percent. They're mm -hmm. like, he's, he's washed up. He's, he doesn't understand the new marketplace and then everything collapses and warren's the only one standing and he's famously says you know it's not until the tide goes out that you see who's skinny dipping ah i like that you know and so there's another folk like we read all of these and what do we you're, have you're Warren swimming comes in it out until the tide goes out like, oh and he nails it again yep that's why i love old people so full of wisdom <laughs> <laughs> there's so much wisdom out there he's i mean he's the guy's seen it all Right, like you're not fooling him. No, it's uh, you. I think anymore. The interesting thing about uh, Buffett and Munger w was how they had to be convinced it was a good investment. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. that's a very think about that for a moment. How about consider whether or not it's a good investment rather than assuming it's a good investment. That is a really good way to like change the mindset. Like, convince me to buy yeah. this instead yeah. like, of like, like, let, like assume that all of the investments out there are trash until proven otherwise. Well, if that would be I a really interesting approach, it would because we have like all these biases, right? Like, you've got your favorite companies out there that you love, but yeah, Little some, John Financial, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> publicly traded companies. Um, yeah, well, we got a ways to go for that. Like, never. <laughs> I don't want to be publicly traded. I'm just saying it on air. 
You wouldn't. No. Because you want to do what's best for the people, for the customer, not, not, not the for shareholder. the shareholder. I mean, yeah. capitalism's great, but I get to make the decisions about the ethics of the company. Once the shareholder takes over, like the, things shift. And I'm I not saying it's horrible. I'm just saying it's not the it's, same. It's a different ballgame. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's amazing how many actual like private companies are really, really huge, and you would think that they're publicly traded, but they're not. Nope. They're still privately held. Yep. We uh, we got off in the woods, Maybe. in the weeds. Well, how, how do know, we loop this back? Well, we uh, here's what we do. A little magic when we come back. All right. But we got to take this ah, last okay. break. Okay. So when we come back, Matt, ask me what Harry Potter has to do with investing. Ooh, I want to know. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn and Matt Dixon, and you got True Wealth on News Radio 93.9 FM and 12:40 KQEN. Welcome back to the True Wealth Show, where in the last five minutes, Matt's going to dazzle us. Oh, boy. That's a lot of pressure, but I'm well, always up for a challenge, I know, Matt, David. I set up the uh, segue here. I want to know, what does Harry Potter have to do with the investment market? Well, I'm going to let you handle this one because dirty secret of the day. I've never finished a Harry Potter movie nor read any of the books, so I won't do this one justice. Well, it won't matter. It's yeah. written down. Okay. He could have totally fooled everybody except for the part where he actually wanted you all to know now. Yeah. I don't want Harry Potter. Nope. And he also thinks that I can't... Borat is hilarious. Yeah. So we, we have different senses of humor, well, right? Lord of the Rings, too. I can't get into it. I've no, tried. Dude, you're going to get hurt. I know, because okay? you like love you... it. No, not that. No? Oh. no. Listeners are going to flip out. Okay. They're going to start emailing and e- stuff. Yeah, like, please. what's wrong with Matt? We got No, he just needs to, he needs to be there, man. <laughs> Matt, quit like, throwing yourself under the right, bus. That's Everyone like, loves no, no, this No, no, don't stuff. say that. You're going to get cold members. <laughs> They're coming after you. Like, hey, I'm ready for it. Bring <laughs> on the hate mail. I'm, I'm sitting here He's and like, I'm ready. Did you just knock Lord of the Rings? Yeah, I did. I got a lot of stuff I'll no, knock. No, the answer is he did it. Did you really knock it, or did you just say it's not for you? It's not for me. Yeah, see, that's different. You don't have to hurt him. But you we've just, already established just feel this. For him. Like, these long, drawn-out storylines. Yeah. Matt has trouble with plot. Yes. Just so we're clear. Like, yeah. what he needs is more bathroom humor. Yeah. Right? Although exactly. he hasn't seen Airplane either, and I'm like... JV. Uncultured swine. He's just so young. you got to get him <laughs> some of these classics. Uh, all right. So here's the... The Hogwarts analogy. Compound interest is like magic, right? So compound interest is like Hogwarts for your money. Start your wizardry early and then watch your galleons multiply. (laughs) Followed by Osseo Wealth, right? Which would be the, you know, wand strike, you know, spell to cast. See, you nerded out there in a way I couldn't do it justice no, so thank I you nerded out because my kids my, my oldest daughter in particular are big fans of Harry Potter and um, I'll put you on the spot Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings oh I don't think that that's uh, reasonable. it's fair it's reasonable no no not really oh they're too this, wishy-washy dude they're, they're, I needed more commitment they're really totally they're they're just different genres I mean they're both How? long epic tales Seriously? Yeah. One of them's a bunch of like goblins and demons, and it's the struggle of like good versus evil. The other one is the story of like a group of kids that's growing into their own, and evil has infiltrated it by accident. Right? I mean, it's not a, I mean, they're both good versus evil because that's how all the stories go, but one of them's the story of like growing and coming of age. Another one's the story of like literally good hmm. versus evil in the end of the world. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they're a little bit different. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> what am I going to do with you, Matt? We need better fight. We need more fun on this one. Um, uh, okay. So research. How about research? 
we talked about this a little bit earlier. Doing your stock research, it's your best friend. Financial news can be as confusing as a GPS in a corn maze. So stick to reliable sources and avoid financial advice from your buddy's cousin's friend's hairdresser. <laughs> I really I like that one. Balls. Like, my cousin's <laughs> former roommate. Well, what does that make us? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> but they told me to buy this stock, and I believe them entirely. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? There's just a bunch of funny ones. They're all good advice followed by funny phrase. Uh, you know, uh, here's a real piece of advice, too, right? Okay. Uh, your emergency fund isn't an investment. Ooh, like that right? one. And it says, don't confuse your rainy day fund with your investment portfolio. They're like pineapple and pepperoni, great separately, but a disaster together. <laughs> I got to agree, right? Uh, so, yep. yeah, yep. does pineapple even belong on a pizza, really? Yeah, that's uh, a tough one. That's tough. It's very tough. I'd take um, uh, sausage and olive before. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. more of a you know a meat pizza than like the Canadian bacon and pineapple thing. Well, uh, I know what I'm having for dinner now. Fair so. enough. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think this is really important. You know, why is the emergency fund not an investment? The emergency fund is what allows you to survive volatility. Ah, because what did we say earlier, vol like stock markets like a teenager. Yep. Right, and so teenager on a sugar rush, but that volatility is a feature. But the issue is, you it's do not, not a bug. Yeah. Don't take distributions in the troughs. Uh, unless you have to. Right? Well, that's what the emergency fund is oh, for. Oh, there it is. You yeah. looped it back. Yeah. Anyway, music's playing. We got to run. So uh, if you want financial help, give us a shout. 541-375-0898. We'd love to offer a second opinion or whatever else we can do. But we're out of time for now. So until next time, I'm Dave Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. You've been listening to True Wealth on News Radio 93.9 FM and 1240 KQEN. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.